Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, everyone, and welcome to the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn. He is Glenn West. And as we wrap up spring positional previews, Glenn hustled in from the baseball game that uh, Glenn's been a pretty nice weekend for LSU baseball uh, offense plenty, especially on Saturday. But, uh, you know, baseball continuing to rock and roll. And uh, I know that uh, the crowd, at least from me watching, the crowd looks really nice out at the box so far. Yeah, lots of runs scored. Um, They just came off a little two-game sweep of Central Connecticut, outscored them 39-4 to uh, in the two games. So, Definitely the bats got going. They beat Butler 12-2 to on Friday, and they get Butler again on Monday. So um, they're kind of in a, a weird stretch of their schedule where they play five games in six days, and then they'll um, have, you know, really start next week um, on Wednesday and then and, and get going. But, yeah, they, they, their, their offense is starting to come around. I think their pitching has really um, taken off these last couple weeks as well, and they're proven to be one of the best in the country like we knew coming in. So it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun, and going back, obviously, to last Tuesday night in Austin, that game was uh, a fun game to watch, especially if you're a more pitching-oriented uh, baseball viewer, then you really enjoyed that one of what LSU was able to do and find a way to win. That's what you want to do, especially at this juncture. That one has SEC feel, which is good for this team uh, to get one of those on the road, too, which is nice. Yeah, real honestly, Glenn, if I'm not mistaken, the first true road environment they've played in oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so far this season. So, hey, let's talk – Linebackers and defensive line today, and I think this is going to be, Glenn, probably the one where I feel we need to see a lot of things in spring practice, but I want to see the coaching staff feel comfortable. Things don't have to be set after April 22nd uh, in the spring game. It doesn't have to be set in stone, but comfortable with the decisions made through the transfer portal. Um, Obviously, people who have followed the transfer portal for LSU know that this is a position, both the kind of that front seven that – they needed to address, and they did. And I think that we talked about early on, it's not just quantity, but they did it with quality as well. It's a good balance, we feel like, but obviously we won't know until we see on the field. So let's start off at this defensive line position, and I want to start right here. Makai Wingo and Mason Smith, and Glenn, then I'll let you expound on this. I think this has the potential to be the kind of the best interior defensive line duo in the country this season. I think they really could live up to that potential. Kind of what are your thoughts on those two? Yeah, I mean, look, coming into last year, Mason Smith was probably one of the more hype defensive players in the entire conference last year. You were just really chomping at the bit to see if you could get him on the field. Um, but unfortunately, just goes down with that injury uh, on the very first series of the very first game, and we never got to see him again. And it was just really unfortunate the way that that developed. Um, but you, you got him coming back with Wingo, and I think probably one of the – if there was a silver lining in that injury is that we got to see Makai Wingo on the field for practically every snap last year uh, on the interior of that line. And he was 
really, really good. Um, you know, he doesn't maybe always show in the in the you know in the stats, but um, he was as good a run stopper of the uh, uh, of the defense as anybody in the country. Uh, and his grades week in week out kind of proved that. And so you bring that um, back with what obviously the big play threat, the uh, uh, just kind of mess mess everything up kind of guy that we believe Mason Smith to be. Um, yeah, I, I think it could be one of the best one-two punches on the inside in the entire country. Um, but you got to see it on the field first, and you know, we're still mm-hmm. not entirely sure um, exactly what Mason Smith is going to be able to do this spring. Uh, he's been uh, you know, cleared for for some stuff um, from what I'm from what I'm hearing, and um, there's a lot of other things that he's still uh, a lot of benchmarks that he's still got to hit. I think before we see him out on the field, but. Um, I think the fact that he's been uh, ahead of schedule now for several months, I mean, every time we've asked Coach Kelly about him uh, in every press conference in the last couple months, uh, he is, um, you know, he's ahead of schedule. And that's pretty much all you can ask for uh, coming back from a severe uh, knee injury like that. And so uh, you take that with what it is, and hopefully we get to see him out there uh, at least a little bit in some capacity this spring. Now, as good as these two guys can be this year, you can't ask them to shoulder the whole load, especially through an SEC schedule that is grueling and daunting as it is. Now, what left? Obviously, Allie Gay left. Jaqueline Roy is also gone. We saw those two guys perform in the NFL Combine. Um, But what did they bring in? And and let's kind of start off with some of the transfers here. Uh, Jordan Jefferson is a guy that uh, a lot of people really liked in the portal. Glenn LSU was able to nab him. Uh, Paris Shand, another guy, a redshirt junior transfer. And then Jalen Lee, a guy that, if I'm not mistaken, wanted to come back closer to home. A guy that was down at Florida gets to be closer to home. You know, when you look at these defensive linemen, Yes, it's okay to be excited about Mason Smith and Makai Wingo, and for good reason. You laid it out right there of why we should be. But they can't shoulder the load. And when you look at some of the the better defensive lines, the better front sevens that have won the SEC in the past couple of years, look, you go to Athens and see what they had. I mean, it was a it was a gauntlet. You see what Alabama has put out. You go back to the LSU defensive line when they won the national title uh, you know, not too long ago, and it's depth, so it's quality depth. And that's what they're trying to build here. We've kind of rehashed this theme, you know, throughout this entire little podcast series. How do you feel about some of these incoming transfers and how they maybe fit in to be complementary pieces along this front seven? Yeah, so we knew that they were going to hit the portal pretty heavy with the defense um, because of what they lost last year and a couple of the guys you just mentioned. Um, you know, Jalen Lee and Jordan Jefferson, those are two guys that probably figured uh, – uh, be pegs interior guys probably more for depth behind Makai and Mason. Uh, I would imagine those are pro- that's probably where those two guys wind up is that interior, mm-hmm. you know, one-two punch uh, for 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 depth purposes. But um, I, I'm gonna it's gonna be more interesting to see what this what becomes of these edge rushers and what who who can take the spot left behind by Ali Gay. Um, and uh, obviously, with Ojalarvin out, the, the the Jack linebacker spot's going to be open as well. That's pretty much a a pure edge rusher with some uh, coverage uh, abilities. But um, you know, there's there's certainly a collection of players there that you're going to be looking at. And Paris Shand is one of them, like you just mentioned. Um, you know, I think you're going to certainly look at Savion Jones. He's going to be a potential edge rush uh, kind of guy that that needs to really take on a bigger role next year. Um, Obi Obi Agofu from uh, from Texas is a guy that really looks like uh, he could be a, a big time edge rusher compliment for uh, on the outside, and so does Braden Swinson, the, the edge rusher 
um, out of Oregon that you brought in. So definitely a lot of transfers there to kind of, you know, cipher through. I think there's, uh, they all do different things well, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll get a good chance this spring to see kind of how they all mix and, and match. But those are just a couple of the names there, but, uh, certainly the one of the big questions I have on this defense kind of heading into spring is what uh, this defensive line kind of shakes out, you know, who steps up in what spots um, and, and what scheme they run. I mean, I think a lot of that, you know, people last year, you saw a lot of a lot of four, three and some three, four mixed in as well. But when you've got guys like Wingo and Smith, you know, I, I think you're going to be looking much more towards that 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 four three kind of model uh because of how much they're going to need to stay on the field so um that that certainly opens up the door for more uh you know physical big edge rushers there that i think a lot of those transfers fit really well into this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, another name, too, that a lot of fans are going to be excited to see is, is Deshaun Womack. And this is a guy that came in with a lot of uh, hype, a lot of praise. Sonny Ships talked a lot about him when we do the recruiting podcast as well. But the overall Womack's feeling, good, especially thing. Yeah, Womack's a good one for the uh, for that Jack linebacker spot. Another mm-hmm. guy that I didn't mention that uh, I think could slide into that Ali Gay type role is Quincy Wiggins, second year player. He was a borderline five star guy last year on a number of different outlets. So um, you, you you could see different avenues for this. I think Davion is going to play a lot. Uh, they really trusted him, I think, as the season went on to be a good complement for those guys. Uh, and now he could be asked to, to fill a, a bigger role uh, now that he's, uh, you know, a couple of years uh, seasoned into the program. So certainly can't forget about the new guy or, or the returning guys that have been on the roster for a while. Uh, I think that the that's where this program has got to be built on. You, Coach Kelly has said it a number of times. You can't keep bringing in transfers to take over the jobs of guys that are returning that maybe just haven't developed as quickly as you would like. You know, you've, you've got to have reps left over for those guys to continue uh, developing the right way. And, and, and how and how do you do that is for them to see the field in, in times like this during the spring. So I'm going to be interested to see how all that shakes out. 
Yeah, a guy like Quincy Wiggins, you talk about Savion Jones as well. How can they step up, maybe fend off some of this competition that's coming in from the outside? You talked about linebacker, that that jack position as well. You mentioned those names, and you know, props to you. You, you nailed I wasn't even going to try the o- Ovi's last name, and you just went out here and just nailed it immediately. I tried. You went out with it. <laughs> so we'll keep talking linebackers here. Look, we know who Harold Perkins is. We know what he can do. Opposing offenses are going to know, are going to scheme for him on the field. So before we talk about some of the other names, Glenn, I mean, what should we expect out of Harold Perkins in, in year two and, and heading into the spring? What are some things that maybe in year one that, you know, I know I know they let him play, just be an athlete at times. What does he need to do to become even even better player in year two and in, on his career? Yeah, so I think probably the biggest thing for Perkins, um, you're going to see him all over the field um, just in terms of versatility-wise, right? I mean, he was a guy last year. They really liked um, kind of in a jack role, but not really a jack role. They tried to figure out ways to get him and Ojolari on the field together, and he was really kind of strictly an outside linebacker um, that kind of would line up really directly next to Ojolari. He would be a guy you could drop in coverage in the slot, because uh, he's really quick and fast as well. But um, primarily, he's a guy that you're going to use to rush the passer and, and get into the backfield. Um, and whether that's as an interior linebacker or as a, you know, a jack linebacker, a outside linebacker, whatever you want to call him, he's going to be on the field every snap next year. He needs to be. Uh, and he's going to be a guy that's going to get into the backfield and make defenses um, you know, pay. Uh, honestly, I think he they're going to find matchups for him to utilize. Um I think a lot of their defensive schemes has got to go through him and his ability to, to be able to, to create some havoc in the backfield. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll figure out more about that this spring. Um, but I think the, the, the unleashing of Harold Perkins is what we're going to see more of in, in year two, you know, year one, they really, they didn't want to over, you know, you know, put too much on his plate in terms of uh, scheme and concept and, 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 and all that stuff. They just, like you said, they wanted him to go out there and, and be an athlete and not have to think too much about stuff. And, and he did that in spades and he was, uh, he won them a lot of games. I mean, that Arkansas game mm-hmm. in particular comes to mind where the offense didn't really play well. Um, but he was consistently in the backfield, um, and, and, and just creating big time stops throughout the entire game that afternoon. You want to see that continue into next year, and they're going to find ways to get him involved. Uh, I'm, I'm sure of it, and I think he's he's going to be in for an All-American type season. I think he'll probably be one of the more hyped defensive players in the country, and um, I'm excited to see how they scheme him up this year. Now, what's going to help with his ability to roam around and make plays a lot like he did last year is, to me, one of the uh, better additions It was Omar Spates. This is a guy that comes in uh, from Oregon State. We talked about it multiple times already. A guy that has a lot of football game experience. And I think when you're looking in the portal, and we talked about this last week, the secondary doesn't have a ton, a lot of guys, a ton of football game experience. This group does necessarily. This is a, this is a guy that does, especially in spates. You have Greg Penn Jr. You have uh, the Weeks brothers. You know, you have Wes Weeks that transferred in, your true freshman uh, Whit Weeks. You have Braithwaite as well, another guy. When you look at this group, they lost Mike Jones Jr. They lose Micah Baskerville. Uh, where did they look other than Harold Perkins? Is it the veteran Omar Spates? Or does another one of these guys, when we mentioned with the defensive line, a returner or maybe a true freshman kind of step up in that role and early on make a difference? 
Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Omar Spates and Greg Penn. That'll be the main inside linebackers. That that just makes the most sense. Um, you know, you mentioned you, you, you also, I mean, Demario Tolan's a guy that left too, and you were mm-hmm. hoping he would be a huge part of the program. Um, but, you know, he left for Auburn after his true freshman season. Um, and so now you're – I think you're in a position now where you needed to add a guy like Spates, somebody who is a veteran who's played in – for four years he's been a starter for several years uh hundreds of tackles under his belt lots of big time game performances um i I think he was honestly one of the bigger pickups via the portal or freshman class for this group in particular because if you are going to be a championship kind of team like lsu aspires to be um you, you have to have somebody in the middle of the field who's been there done that uh, who's played a lot, has a lot of experience, um, won't be thrown off by many coverages or anything that he sees offensively. That's going to be really, really important. Um, and you were looking at a potential scenario there where Greg Penn, and I love Greg Penn. I think he's a great player, mm-hmm. and, and but I'm not sure that he's the kind of guy that you want to really trust that much level of, of you know confidence in in terms of being able to dish out and, and recognize all these different coverages that are being thrown at you. Um, he – Spates is a guy that's going to be able to do that for you, and it's going to allow Greg Penn to roam free a little bit more, use his athletic ability to his advantage. Um, and I think those two guys are going to run with that inside linebacker spots. Um, you know, whether or not it's you know Perkins that gets some some looks at inside linebacker as well. Um, he, he's a guy that you know I think everybody around here believes can can certainly play that position and dropping coverage and. Um, be able to create fumbles and interceptions in the middle of the field uh, as well as, you know, getting into the backfield. So uh, really like the kind of the versatility there. You mentioned the Weeks brothers. Um, you know, Wes is a guy who is a bit thumper of a player. Uh, he just mm-hmm. – every time he's out there, he, he's getting a hard hit. And, and he was – he played a really important kind of complementary role for the games that he was out there. Um, but he also was a guy that battled some injuries. And so um, – you know, figuring out that depth chart is going to be extremely important, but I think that you have a good nucleus of Spates, uh, Penn, and Perkins that you can really rely on um, for, and, and see what happens with the spring. Does Whit Weeks come out and, and, and show you that he can be a, a really big-time player for you in year one? They've had a lot of those kinds of guys you know, last year with Perkins and certainly with Mason Taylor and, and a lot of the, you know, the, the, the freshmen that they relied on. I think Whit Weeks is a guy that can certainly do that and be, uh, a, 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 you know, an anchor of this defense as the season winds on. And as we kind of wind down today's episode, I, I want to kind of cap it off with this. We talked about secondary and the kind of the rebuilt secondary in the last episode. Today we talked defensive line, and I mentioned this earlier in the episode as too. I sit in the camp of where if LSU is going to have a lot of success this year, it's we're going to need to see what this defense looks like really early on. That game against Florida State, you know, against a veteran quarterback and Jordan Travis when that game comes around, we're going to see what this defense is made of and how well they have gelled, how well do these guys understand their assignments. And like you said, how does this depth chart shake out? So, Glenn, I want to ask you this. Which group are you more – interested in watching which group is there more maybe a sense of urgency of saying these guys got to play together these guys have to step up the challenge is it the secondary or is it what we talked about today maybe this front seven and which has a bigger impact in your opinion on how LSU fares in 2023 
I think everything has to start in the trenches, and I think uh, you know the, the front seven is going to be the most important part here. Um, secondary wise, I think you brought in enough variety um, to piece those those players together in terms of young guys and transfers. Um, I, I think that they they have the talent to to be able to hold up in the back end, um, and it's going to make a lot a life a lot easier on them if this front seven can get continuous pressure. Um, on the quarterback and, and and also shut down run lanes and that kind of thing. So um, I, I'm, I'm looking at this defensive line, how that gets pieced together. Um, we know Harold Perkins is going to play a lot. We know Mason Smith's going to play a lot. Makai Wingo is going to play a lot. But who else outside of those three in the front seven really steps up uh, is going to be really, really important to follow this spring. Um, I think Omar Spates is a guy that you're going to see a lot of on the field um, just in terms of being a, a – a, you know, reliable presence there in the in in and not make a ton of mistakes. I think uh, you could take any one of those transfers, and uh, you know, I think either one, any of them can really kind of come in and this spring that they are reliable. Um, but if you really want to get to the you know the the crux of what they're going to do, I think it's going to have to lie with some of these freshmen. I think Deshaun Womack is a guy that if he hits right away. Um, you're looking at a really special kind of season in terms of uh, him being able to rush the passer and the compliments that he can give you um, with those guys on the interior. I think if he hits uh, when he gets here, that's going to be a game changer for LSU in the front seven. So uh, I'm really going to be looking hard at that group, uh, particularly on the defensive line to see how all that shakes out. Spring practice does start this week. It's finally here, and uh, the weather's going to be nice, Glenn. Uh, from what I can tell, it's going to be a, a nice little spring practice to kick off. They go Thursday and Friday this week, and then they have off for spring break, and then they come back the week after. Uh, and I know Sonny Ship put on our board, Glenn, they're kind of spacing it out a, a little bit. Uh, can, can you give us any information on kind of what it could look like, maybe the parameters? I know it's not set in stone yet. Yeah, so they have they will have two practices um, this week, uh, Thursday and I believe Saturday. Maybe it's Friday, but I okay. think it's Saturday. Um, and then they'll go into a week of spring break. They'll come back and they kind of divide it up into kind of sections every week. I think they'll have two practices one week, three one week, two one week, and then three um, to kind of close it out with the spring game on April twenty second. Um, so you're looking at you know. A couple on-field practices, look, they're going to be working out. They're going to be in meeting rooms, um, you know, at everywhere in between there. So this is just strictly on the field work that they're going to be able to get on the practice field. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that you're, you know, you're, you're looking at a group that's going to be able to kind of parcel this out the way that they want. Um, they've obviously spent a lot of time planning this schedule and, um, we, we recently just got it. So, uh, we're, we're, we're excited. I think there's a lot of excitement around this group. Um, a lot of excitement around, uh, kind of the, the questions that are up in the air, both offensively and defensively. I think there are question marks. Um, but there's also a lot of returning talent that you can be really excited about. Um, and I think that what this coaching staff proved last year is that they can, they can make it work with new guys. And, and I think if the fact that you have uh, enough of a foundation from last year that they're already working from ahead, you know, a lot of these guys that are in these rooms, um, you know, they, they've seen what it's like to 
you know, turn in the nutrition uh, stat or the nutrition paper that they fill out every morning, that kind of thing where they're building the daily habits. They've been a part of that now for over a year. Um, and, and I think that that's going to rub off obviously on these newcomers. And I think you're working at a much more uh, advantage, advantageous position from last year. And I think it's going to pay really good dividends for this group uh, heading into spring. Uh, it's a word that's used a lot, maybe overused, but the word culture is definitely continuing to be established down in Baton Rouge. Uh, he's Glenn West. My name is Bryce Coon. Thanks so much for watching. If you're on the YouTube page, go ahead and make sure you hit that subscribe button, like the video, and let us know. This is a big, big position group that we've been previewing here today. And what do you think? Is it going to be a group that is really going to gel together? How quickly? And maybe we missed a name that you want to hear from or you want to see take a big step in 2023. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Go 24-7 Podcast. We'll catch you on the boards. We'll catch you on the forums and on the social media avenues. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else. We'll see you next time.